welcome back, everybody, to the next episode of the Big Drink Energy... You know what? I can't even say that today, because turns out you're not getting a Big Drink Energy episode. Um, believe it or not, BDE is not the only energy drink podcast on the airwaves. Well, now we are, but that wasn't always the case. Um, at the start of quarantine, um, I looked up an energy drink podcast in the podcast app to see if anything came up besides us. And what did you know? Energy Sesh, hosted by the Beverage Bros, Sam and Josh, they, they came up before BDE. And I'm like, what the hell? There's another podcast out here covering the same thing as us. Uh, and I instantly became a fan. I listened to all of their episodes. Uh, I reached out to them and I was like, hey, I have another energy drink podcast. If you want to come on my show, if you want me to come on your show, because I know you need someone to talk about energy drinks and esports. And believe it or not, I'm an esports event organizer. This is the perfect crossover. And they were like, hell yeah, come on over. Uh, so Sam and Josh were nice enough to have me on their episode. I try to return the favor. I invited them on to the third anniversary episode. Instead of doing an AMA, originally I wanted to be the big energy drink crossover, energy sesh and big drink energy. But they said, unfortunately, they hung up the microphones and they're not in the game anymore. Um, so if you'd like, you can go support them and listen to their old backlog. You can find them at Energy Sesh on any uh, podcast app. This is the full unedited episode that I did with them. So it's a little bit longer. Um, some of the cuts that, that were taken out, just like you're going to hear a lot of me stuttering and you're just going to have to deal with that. Um, but I figured as a bonus, instead of just listening to the exact episode that they have, uh, there's a little bit more discussion here. It's about 15 minutes longer than the one that's up on their feed. Unfortunately, their socials aren't active anymore, so you can't reach out to them and tell them how amazing their show was. Uh, you're just going to have to listen to this. And the only reason I'm posting this was because they were the first podcast uh, that we ever did a crossover with. They were the first podcast that had me on as a guest. And they and I had a really good working relationship, and I'm a little disappointed that they're not around anymore, and I want people to hear the episode, not just because I'm on it, but because I legitimately think it's a very good podcast if you're into energy drinks, or this episode in particular, if you're into the intricacies of what goes on behind the scenes in the esports world. Anyways, that's enough of me rambling, so please enjoy Energy Sesh featuring Mikey Tabletop. Cord. All right. <clears throat> <clears throat> sibilance. Sibilance. <sighs> Welcome to episode 16 of the Energy Sesh podcast. And uh, it's been a little bit. We are in a new year. We are officially in 2021. And we are super excited today. We had, um, you know, as you guys know, we have a lot of fans, but it's always nice when the fans reach out and they've got questions and they got things they want to talk about. So we had uh, a friend of ours, uh, I, I call him a friend already, our friend Mike, uh, reach out to us. He's actually a, a fellow podcaster. So he's, uh, I don't know, I mean, I guess friendly friendly competitor here, but um, Mike, welcome to the, uh, the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Yeah. yeah. And he also he also goes by the name Mikey Tabletop um, in the the world of esports. So you can uh, you can also look up his stuff uh, that way. But we're very excited to have him here. I feel like Sam always gets mad if I don't introduce him. So Sam, good to good to see you. 
Josh, it's good to see you too, man. And yeah, I do think we should introduce ourselves. You know, your <laughs> yes. energy, your energy bro one. I'm Josh, energy bro two. You are, you are Sam. We are brothers. Energy in, bros in real life, not just fraternally. Uh, and brothers yeah. in beverage, yeah. And brothers in beverage, yeah. Um, so um, I guess we'll just uh, start it off here. So I guess, uh, Mike, we usually talk uh, with most guests, you know, origin story here. Mm -hmm. So talk about your uh, sort of relationship with energy drinks, kind of maybe when you had your first one or what your, your kind of early experiences mm -hmm. were there and how you kind of got into them. Um, so originally, um, I got into the energy drink game kind of late. Uh, I, I only started drinking energy drinks a few years ago like during finals time, uh, back when I was in college. And then I was drinking like just the standard monster, the standard Red Bull. It wasn't until I switched professions and I started, uh, and I became a truck driver. And then at that point being on the road for 12, 14 hours a day, I needed a little bit of a pick me up. And depending where I traveled, different gas stations had different energy drinks. Wow. So, so that's exciting. when I, yeah, I yeah, know. That's not, I'm, I'm, that's fascinating that you yeah. just got to see that cross section of America. Yeah. And, and really uh, explore. So, so up until for the last three years, I live, I lived down South, but I recently moved to New Jersey and just the difference between the energy drinks at gas stations in the South and the North, like South Carolina and North Carolina, that's, that's where we were way more energy drinks than I can find in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, where I am now. Yeah. Interesting. Just more yeah. variety, different new yeah. brands that you've never uh, heard of or never see elsewhere. More variety. And like argument's sake, if you went to, like they have, they have QT gas stations down there. They don't have Wawa's. If you go mm -hmm. to QT, they'll have argument's sake, seven little refrigerator doors of energy drinks. Whereas up here, there's normally only about three or four. Yeah. But they just yeah. got more of everything down there. Wow. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot more like smaller brands. Like mm -hmm. I feel like here, the bigger brands like really dominate the shelving. I mean, even even Wawa in the you know Northeast is very like they claim to be like energy headquarters, but they're like very corporate. They're not letting like random brands in there, you know. Yeah, I really think that's not a good title for them, energy headquarters, because they don't even have that that wide a variety of flavors. I think we should really reach out to someone at Wawa and just say, hey, sure. take it down a notch. They're down. not the headquarters of energy. Maybe they're the uh, re local retailer of energy. Uh, have, have either of you ever heard of the energy drink outlet it's an online store that exclusively sells energy drinks no how is no. the uh <laughs> no, we, is, it, is it more about finding those obscure kind of exotic drinks mm -hmm. i i bet you the pricing is is a little bit like because it's just it's a shipping nightmare but like is yeah. it yeah so, so I, I remember so so my favorite energy drink is venom but i can't find venom anywhere in, in, in new jersey so yeah. when i tried to i went on to energy drink outlet and I was going to like order shipment to my house and they have like a bulk buy where if you buy like a six pack or a 12 pack, they reduce the price. But because Venom's already a dollar, if you go through their like buy your own 12 pack, it's defaulted. So everything's only $2. Cause normally if you get like a $3 Red Bull or something, it's cheaper, Yeah. but it was double the price of me to buy Venom through these guys because of the, the shipping and handling costs. Oh man, that's tough. But yeah, Venom, great, great choice. I love, I'm trying to think in my life, I've only randomly run into Venom, like maybe on the West Coast, I've seen it. I, I can't even it, remember. It was, exactly. here. it was in the Northeast for a period of time. I, we honestly thought it was like discontinued or like very fringe, like regionally distributed, but like we've, 
we felt your pain um, that like Venom, I didn't even actually know it was a dollar, but that, I mean, that's a tremendous value. Like I thought it was a great drink kind of as it is, you know? Yeah. Just doing everything right. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, that's, that's great uh, to know. It's unfortunate. You can't really get the bar. Mm-hmm. You can't get the bargain that you would get in. Store. Well, also, I'm sure you got exposed to, cause I think another down downfall of the Northeast, you know, where, where we are is just that even just the variety of flavors, like when we did our year end, uh, you know, roundup podcast, we realized that a lot of the, you know, even the brands we, we tend to play within just locally, just don't have, we don't see a lot of the flavors that, uh, at least supposedly exist according to their website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, I mean, really, it sounds like it started as a functional need, you know, you're cramming for finals, yeah, definitely. but then, you know, you, you kind of, you know, started getting exposed to just the variety. I, I actually, I work with a guy who um, he, I think he was in the military. And so they got like certain like free, I think they got like rip it for free. And so he yeah. got very used to these, like, kind of like really like bargain basement energy drinks. And so I, you know, a lot of times you go into a convenience store and it's like two for whatever. So I would like pick up one, I'd give him one. And, and he really, same, same thing. He's like, I had no idea there was this, this world out here of all these other things. Cause he was so into his, uh, his rippets that he had used in the military. Yeah. Well, once um, you get onto your flavors, you tend to, you tend to stick with them or at least certain people do, you know, I think it takes a, a certain type of person to really say, you know, what I found something good, but what else is out there? Yeah. So one question for you, and I mean, I guess this is maybe more of like a lifestyle thing, but obviously you're, you know, you're a gamer and we've, we've had, I mean, we did have Shan on an earlier show and he's a gamer. I'm going to say he's like not a real gamer because he really, he, his energy knowledge of gamer was not good. I mean, I'm sure yeah. he actually plays games, but he told us like Red Bull was running the show. It was very strange. Uh, but G Fuel, you know, powdered energy drinks doesn't seem like that's your jam. I'm curious your attitude towards them, because I feel like when we had Mitchell on, he was all about like G Fuel and this like, I got to say, I mean, it's it's an exciting world. It's still powder and it's still kind of annoying. But like, what's your take on sort of the powder world? So, so funny enough, both like in my personal life of drinking energy drinks and in, let's say, my esports professional life of like running events and working at events, never run across the, the, the powdered energy drinks. I've never had it. And none of the events I've ever been to or worked at were sponsored with or, or worked with G Fuel or another powdered drink. Wow. Interesting. Sounds like it's a fractured universe, you know, that, yeah. So, so, so the, there's so many... Like people use the term esports just to refer to like competitive video games, but when you get to it, there's a bunch of different subgenres. Let's say, like you have first-person shooters, like you could have a Call of Duty or Halo tournament, or you could have a fighting game tournament with like Street Fighter or Smash Bros. And those have two different sets of sponsors, two different sets of markets. And the G Fuel, from what I looked into, deals mostly with team-based games on like a larger scale. Mm-hmm. Where the events uh, I'm a part of, it's it's the fighting game community. It's one on one. Okay. So mm. there's a different market of sponsorships and, and, and different people supporting that. That's Do you think is there any I guess functional reason with with the uh, I don't know the fact that the powdered energy drinks are better for you know sharing among a team. Meanwhile, the individual drinks just somehow work better one on one. You know, one person sponsor, one person's you know Red Bull or something. It just kind of possibly I, I remember in the episode you were discussing if they had the big gatorade things of the g fuel that they'll dump at the end of that yeah, yeah. 
maybe if you have a team, you can have a you can have a big tub of it and just use a little. Yeah, exactly. Like right. one of those little oh, things with the spout at the bottom. Can. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, you know, again, it would make total sense if they had the big jugs of stuff. But I guess maybe if you're sponsoring a team, it's just impractical for them to all have their own cans. Maybe this idea of this shared mm -hmm. powder is is compelling, but that's interesting. Um, and, it, and it makes a lot more sense in that, like, if you're really talking about a bulk, you know, getting a whole team energized, I guess, mm -hmm. the powder is... But what about just buying a case for the team? Hey, Got a, a you know, six pack or just got I a, mean, a third that's, pack that's for the squad. And you can have variety that way. I, it's it's confusing, but it's interesting yeah. that you note that that distinction of the individual ones um, going that way. So, so what which ones are popular, I guess, more within the fighting games? Is it like Monster? I mean, they're pretty big mm -hmm. in, I guess, a lot of areas, but are they also in that? Is that what space they're in as well? Yeah, uh, so, so, so most of the fighting games, um, the biggest one is definitely Red Bull with Monster by a close second. Mm -hmm. um, but... Red Bull, not only do they um, partner with players, so they'll sponsor an individual player, they'll be partners with teams, and Red Bull is actually large enough that they'll run their own events. Um, so like the, the video game that I focus most, mostly on is um, Super Smash Brothers. I don't know if you guys have played oh, Nintendo uh, one. Great, great game. Yeah, yeah. We've not followed the iterations, but we were definitely in on the, uh, the OG, if you will. The oh, yeah. Four. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so Red Bull is like heavily involved with that, and... Um, Red Bull has run at least two big ones. And I know of like four smaller ones where it's like Red Bull presents and then it's just a, a Smash Bros tournament. Mm -hmm. And um, so because Smash Bros is, it's a one-on-one -on -one fighting game and there's no teams, there's no kind of like schedule where like in baseball, the, the Yankees will have a schedule and they go, they're in Houston this weekend, they're in California that weekend. Because it's an individual one, the players, it comes down to them what tournaments they want to go to. Maybe people can't fly from New York to California, so they only go to East Coast events. So it's difficult to have rankings based on all of the players because they're not always together. Yeah. So at the end of the year, instead of having like a win-loss, like a statistical ranking, there's a panel of about 20 or 30 people and they get together and they compare data and they vote on it. And we, that's how we come up with our top 100 list. And then for about two weeks, Red Bull, uh, Monday through Friday for two weeks, will release like, hey, here's players 100 to 90, and they do little blurbs. So like the official rankings for uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee is hosted on the Red Bull website. Wow. I did not know this at all. That's yeah, a it's a fascinating I, system. I have to withdraw my uh, Shan. Uh, he's yeah, I really think you owe Shan an apology right for about, uh, calling him, basically my, calling him a liar. Yeah, <laughs> Okay, withdraw that. So question though, are you know, when they're when Red Bull's involved here, and I'm I'm sure there's some, you know, product giving out or sponsorship, mm -hmm. are they just going with like the regular like plain old Red Bull or are they ever trying to inject the flavors into that world? Because I'm curious, like the flavors, how they're using flavors is always kind of baffling to me. And so I'm curious, is that involved at all? So the events I've seen with Red Bull, I've seen the normal Red Bull and then the Red Bull Zero Sugar one. Okay. And for the events I've done with Monster, they've provided the normal Monster, the Monster Ultra White, and I think once they provided Monster Ultra Purple to go with it. But for the most mm. part, it's like the regular flavor and then like a zero calorie option. Mm. Gotcha. So they're keeping it simple. They're not trying to like, hey, here's a new flavor and like promote that. They look at that as more that's maybe the, I guess, mainstream market. But esports, it's really about getting the core stuff out there yeah just getting the, the brand loyalty i suppose 
Um, and I guess you're kind of curious also, you know, on this show, you might hear us talk a lot. You know, Josh is very much a chem guy. Mm-hmm. I'm also, you know, a chem, a chem guy in, in most senses of the word. But at the same time, like, you know, I'll consider a full sugar drink. I'll also consider more natural stuff. When it comes to esports, you mentioned that they kind of basically come with the regular and the sugar free. Mm-hmm. Do you find that there's, uh, I don't know, either is one a lot more popular, is a lot more chem guys in the gaming space, or is the, the regular the way to go? So, when, so, so this is going to be a funny distinction, and I'm sure this is very specific just to the occurrences I've seen. But like when I see people bring an individual energy drink themselves, they'll bring like a default monster, a default Red Bull. But at the events where there's a stockpile of it that was donated or provided, the sugar-free alternatives always go much quicker. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I have, I have seen the dynamic in the office as well, is that the diets always get like crushed and that the sugar, because I think people, I don't know, people, some people are strict, strict chem guys, right? Mm-hmm. And won't touch the sugar. Um, but then the sugar ones, you know, I don't know, there are certain people who won't touch them. So that's interesting. Um, and it's in, I feel like, yeah, I feel like in the gaming space, and even if I was having a Red Bull, like I would probably just have a regular sugar Red Bull, like it's small, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I could see that, that they would be all about the, uh, you know, I guess the regular versions of things, if it's relevant for the brand, right? Josh, question for you. I'm going to turn the, turn the questions on you for a second here. Which one do you prefer, Red Bull sugar-free or Red Bull Zero? I just re- remembered that there were two of them. I don't know if I have significant enough experience with zero. I feel like I've had it, but it, so I'm fine with the sugar free. Okay. I, I can't remember having, I have, it's Mike, in have like you a had dark gray can. Like the zero versus the sugar free. I can't, I mean, it sounds like they don't even provide the, the zero seems like I very rarely see it. Yeah. I, I was thinking the same thing, but I just thought maybe it was more of a chem guy type of vibe. But I guess you're just not really a Red Bull person in general, right? I'm so not really. I would yeah. probably reach for like the flavors. And half the time, I mean, I have to take on their their full sugar versions of the flavors. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a desperation move. I do it just to keep my, uh, you know, I'm a tolerant guy. I'm just trying to keep my, you know, I'm, hey, you put a flavor out, Red Bull. I had, your, I had the Arctic Berry. It was fine. Whatever. Got the job done. So um, interesting. So this is like, this. I mean, I feel like Sam, every time we kind of like, peek into the world of esports we just realize how little we know like how yeah, much no exactly for the uh <laughs> what is it the uh rabbit hole goes well i i, I think we we really showed our naivete when uh we were talking to mitchell and we were asking about clans and we just i i, I can only imagine someone who actually knows gaming is like what are these guys <laughs> talking about we're like so these are groups of people where they like to play on the team together well, like so, <laughs> so let's let's bring that up for the fighting games because it sounds much yeah. more individual but are there are there clans are there alliances within that are there their groups or not as much um yes so so those clans uh they're pretty much sponsorships where like let's say because tournaments happen all over the world, if you're just Joe Blow for, from New York, you might not be able to fly all over the world, but if you get a deal with Red Bull, a lot of times they'll cover the costs and you advertise for them or they take like X percent of the profits. Um, so a lot of the, I won't say there's a lot of crossover between the fighting game just because it's smaller. It's a smaller like um, monetary pool that, than the, the big games but a lot of the teams, the sponsorships are the same in both. So I actually looked up the 10, um, 
I don't want to say most winning because that, that doesn't sound right. The teams that have made the most money in esports. Okay. Um, there's a website called esports earnings where it's not 100% accurate, but from what I understand, it's the best thing to gauge it with. So I looked yeah. up the 10 best earning esports teams, and um, of them, five of them currently have a partnership with an, e uh, with an energy drink company. And then one of them used to have an energy drink sponsorship, but then the, that contract ended a few years ago. So a, a lot of those 10 of the 10 big ones are in the same world of both the fighting games and the bigger, the League of Legends, the, the Call of Duties, the other ones that uh, your previous uh, guest was uh, talking about. Got it. Got it. Fascinating. So, so Mike, so what, what's your, I guess, you know, you clearly you're in the, you're in the space, you know, about kind of the, the, let's call it the business side of it, or at least the, what, what sponsorships are going on, but what are, what are your preferences here? You've had this wide range of experiences. You've also, you know, gotten to see, see these events and get these, uh, I guess you call a lot of free energy drinks from that mm -hmm. source. Uh, where do you, where do your alliances tend to lie from an energy drink perspective? We've gotten Venom. It seems yeah, like we know, we know Venom's your, your kind of favorite uh, artisanal energy drink, but what, what else? Okay, so, 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 so this is a funny story. We actually bring this up in the first episode of the energy drink podcast that, that me, me and my co-host do. Uh, he's, he's also in, in the esports world. That, that's how we became friends. And um, before, uh, before I became a truck driver and I was just getting energy drinks just because I needed one, I was at the gas station and I had a Monster and a Red Bull in front of me, and they were roughly the same price, and they'd roughly do the same thing. And the deciding factor in me picking Monster was that Monster was partnered with the specific player that I liked. Mm. Um, so it was like them working with the esports, with that team, with that organization, had a big enough sway that I picked their product over another product. So before I uh, went deep into the world of energy drinks, and I was just like a just whatever the gas station had, I would normally go with Monster because they were working with the team I liked at the time. Got it. Okay. And Monster, I mean, yeah, I mean, they also have, you know, kind of a, a better, what's the usual range of flavors. And then also if you're a fellow chem guy, then they, they've got the, the chem varieties as well, which is usually more well-stocked. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So I am dabbling a little bit more in the, the G Fuel. It's sort of a New Year's resolution. Um, they also had like a compelling they have these like BOGO sales. So I was like, okay, I'll buy some, but it's interesting. Like a lot of their stuff is allied with different people. So like I basically like a, a total sucker, I bought spicy demonade, which mm -hmm. is a lot um, with doom. And then um, the other one I bought was nemesis tea, which is with resident evil, both again, games that I enjoyed at least in the past. Um, but yeah, like a lot of their stuff is like phase clan and all this other stuff. And uh, I, I will say it does, you know, I could see it swaying me if I like, like the game or whatnot, it, it just adds a nice story to the flavor, you know? Yeah, you need some context for that flavor. Yeah. The, the, you need context for, for the nemesis flavor? I, I guess I don't, it looks like blood. It's red too. It's kind of <laughs> weird. Uh, like I was expecting like a tea color when it came out, but it's actually, it looks basically like blood. So very red. Uh, so yeah, no, it was before good. coming yeah, it was on this episode, I actually looked up G Fuel's involvement with esports just because it was brought up on the podcast before, yeah. but it's something in my role that I was familiar with. And apparently they've been like with FaZe Clan since 2012. They've been with them for like eight years now, which is one of the longer periods of time that energy drinks have been with esports. And only recently have they 
got in that big boom to like get out to the normal market. I, I had right. no idea they were involved with esports for almost a decade at this point, though. Yeah, they seem very deep with the FaZe Clan, which I'm not going to lie, I still don't totally understand. I mean, it seems like, for me, it's kind of like in the hip-hop world, there's all these Lils, and I, or like there's like an ASAP group, and I feel like there's there's just so many phases. There's FaZe Rug, there's FaZe something else. Okay, um, so, so to, to better understand it, so the New York Yankees exclusively play baseball, right? Yeah. But the buffalo bills the owner of that also owns the buffalo saber so the one guy owns the hockey and the football team the way phase clan works is phase clan will have a hockey team and a football team for argument's sake so it's one it's the one brand but they will have a they'll have a call of duty team with the players on that and instead of having a different team it'll also be the same phase brand but they'll have argument's sake, maybe a Mario Kart team. It's just, they have the one brand and they put it out into all of the games, all of the markets instead of splitting it up. So it's the name recognition. But they're, they're like a franchise, right? You know, they're like the New York Yankees or the, the Buffalo Sabres in the sense that, you know, they invite you onto your team, you can play for their team and then you can leave their team, right? Yes. Uh, so I, yeah. don't, I don't think they have like a draft season where like, cool, it's January 1st, we're going to pick teams. But they do have contracts and people will leave yeah. the team and go to another team. Yeah. So so it, it works the same way uh, with with major league like uh, like in real life. Yeah. Sporting events. The only difference is one team will have like one company will have a bunch of teams for different sports. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, you know where my confusion, I think, really came from. And I don't know if this is where you're coming at it from. But I just kept thinking about Wu-Tang Clan when they came to clans. And so I was like, you know, Wu-Tang Clan, that's, you know, there's original members. They're part of it. I don't think they ever really added anybody once they kind of got going. So that's kind of originally how I thought is it was just a group of people that came together, very good at video games, and that's that's just who they are. Yeah, but it sounds I thought a it lot, was more as yeah. an organic gang uh, there that just sort of established themselves. But it's interesting. So I think about, and again, I hate to bring up this one guy, but I have his G Fuel. So I have FaZe Rugs G Fuel. Mm-hmm. Like if he decides to like leave the FaZe Clan, like I feel like you're is sort just of tied rugged? to your, your handle. Yeah. So you just become Rug. Or does he like have to go like his real name, like Herbert or something? Like, he, I don't know. His so he would stay rug, but if he went to a new team. Yeah. Um, so, so looking at that list of the top 10 earning teams, the, the number one earning team is called Team Liquid. So if okay. he, argument's sake, went there, he would then be Liquid Rug. Interesting. Okay. That's kind of All a right. cool name. Yeah. I mean, Somebody yeah. Should, I guess, but you can't go and co-opt and just like, like if I'm just a general gamer, I could just make my name Liquid Rug potentially although what i get i'd get like trademark infringement from team liquid or something they both come after me phase rug would be after me and liquid and, and, rug. Team. and, and team liquid i'd be like so hated um yeah so, i think you can't yeah. just claim to be on liquid clan josh i don't think you're allowed to do that and you can you sell do people sell their handles or like is that like a thing on social happens? media or on no no like like if you have your gamer handle and you're somebody's like i want to be like scorpion man and or like you know whatever (laughs) have you ever seen a secondary market for that where somebody's like because like people must retire and stuff i don't know and like i feel like there's probably like there's only so many words out there and somebody probably really wants a name at some point i don't know so the only time i can think of players changing their names is if they had to make it a little bit more professional when they were joining like one of these esports teams okay um like like there's a top player in, in, in smash bros 
and his name was originally Dr. PP. But then when he started going to more events, it was getting a little bit more professional hit. He changed his name to PPMD to make it just seem ah. yeah. So, and then and then when he started traveling more, he had to become a little bit more esports, a little bit more professional. Okay. Gotcha. There you go. That is, that is, it's an interesting yeah. fix, PPMD. I thought maybe he changed his name to like Dr. Pepe or something. I don't know. <laughs> no PPMD. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Classing it up. Yeah. It's just like, okay. Um, interesting. Well, uh, I do want to touch on like, so I guess, is there anything, you know, we, we had our sort of roundup, uh, you know, news kind of roundtable thing in the end of year and this year. Is there anything like new coming out that you're excited about or like a new or just trends that you've noticed in yeah. the, the gaming energy space that you're either excited about or worried about? Um, nothing, in, uh, nothing in particular co coming really. Um, I, I try to look into it a little bit. It doesn't seem like there's many new energy drinks coming into the esports world. Okay. A lot of the ones we have like already established energy drinks thinking, hmm, maybe now's a good chance to get into esports. Like, hold on. What are like is is bang even touching this area right now bang, like bang I... is nowhere near here and i think okay. that's because bang they're marketing more towards the pre-workout gym crowd and yeah. a lot of times i won't say it's they're completely different groups but a lot of times from a marketing standpoint the traditional video game basement player is different. It's a different demographic than yeah. the workout. Let's go to the gym type crowd. Well, you, you know who I think seems to be bridging this gap a little bit. And this is just, I've been on the Red Bull website while we've been talking and, you know, they have a tab that's just athletes and they have a gaming tab within there. So they have about seven gaming athletes, but then otherwise, you know, they're all over the kind of extreme sports and regular sports mm -hmm. categories. And, that's maybe the only example. Maybe Monster has kind of a similar vibe, but yeah, I could see how otherwise it's tough to maybe dabble in both worlds unless you're one of the big guys. Yeah. But, and, um... and I was going to say, and not, what about Game Fuel? Because uh, Mitchell, who we had on, uh, was was big saying that Game Fuel, you know, which is Mountain Dews, you know, and they've got mm -hmm. a, a for eyes, uh, vitamins and that little goofy resealable cap, like, they said they were they were spending big and kind of buying people out. Have you seen Game Fuel in the the fighting world? I mean, their name is Game Fuel, so. So so I've seen Game Fuel outside of the gaming world, but I have yet to see it come into the the, the fighting game community. Okay. FGC. Uh, unfortunately, the FGC they just have a smaller monetary draw for the uh, energy drink market for to entice those companies to invest with them. Mm -hmm. Whereas the the bigger uh, esports that Mitchell was talking about, they have there's just a little bit more appeal to them because some of those events will have like millions of dollar prize pot because they'll work with the company that makes the game. So so for argument's sake, uh, League of Legends, one of the biggest esports right now, the League of Legends they have like a they have like a circuit, they have a they have a tournament, they have a schedule and a cycle they go through, and that that's sponsored by Riot Games, the company that makes them. So, so they have what's called developer support where the development team of the game is working with them. Whereas a lot of the fighting games, because they started coming from arcades in like the late eighties, early nineties, they don't have that. It, it's what's called grassroots, where it's a bunch of people who from the same community got together and like, hey, let's go to the arcade. We're gonna spend all our quarters. Let's run a tournament here. And then when they started uh, getting switched to consoles, they were like, all right, let's find a venue. Where can we plug our GameCube in? Only place that will have us is a comic book basement. 
Um, so uh, they're a grassroots community. So it's a little bit smaller draw compared to these big, larger events that have like Capcom throwing money at them or just like mm -hmm. actual video game companies uh, giving money. So it seems like Nintendo is not really, I mean, I know Smash Brothers is kind of like uh, a game that, that you're interested in, but they seem like they're not really uh, uh, supporting this kind of, um, let's call it either energy drink or just live format. Mm -hmm. Nintendo is going so far as to actively stop the development of esports within their own video game community. Uh, they're afraid it's going to detract from like their family-oriented, like kid-friendly video game stance. But um, a few years ago, Red Bull approached Nintendo about doing a full-on circuit where they were going to have a bunch of events across the world, and it was going to come together like in a big culmination, like a like a Super Bowl type event at the end to figure out who's the best. And multiple people um, from Red Bull Ninja tried to approach uh, Nintendo about doing a big event. And I forget, oh, SCL, uh, which is like a, a, another esports organization group, all approached Nintendo about doing a large scale Smash Bros event. Nintendo's just not having it at all. Mm. Um, they went as far as to, um, I think it was in October, maybe it was in November, the because of the pandemic, we have to, we can't have like in, like in-person events anymore. So someone was able to come up with a way to play the Super Smash Brothers game from 2001, the GameCube, the real old one. They figured out wow. how to make it work on the computer so you can play online. Okay. I was actually going to ask about the GameCube version because mm -hmm. I felt like that was such an obscure system. And I remember people playing it and I was like, does that one still get love? So it sounds like it does. Th that one, that people have been playing that one since 2001. If you ask people in the Smash community, they'll say both that one and the newest one uh, get a lot of love. But between you and me, I'd say Melee gets a little bit more love just because people have been playing that game since 2001 and have not yeah. switched off. Like, like it's become like a cult classic at this point. So right. if they continue playing it, someone like went online and they worked out the online code or whatever. So you can play it on your computer and you can play online with friends. And we were gonna have an event called The Big House um, they've done eight or nine of them so far, and they were going to do this year online. And Nintendo sent them a cease and desist letters like, hey, don't do it online. You can't do it. So everyone was upset with that. Mm. But from that, they actually set up a, um, the, the uh, Super Smash Brothers community, they set up a fundraising week um, where one of the big streamers set up a big tournament. And he goes, all of the money is going to go to charity, Nintendo. I double dog dare you to shut me down. This is going to be a bad PR stunt for you. And then through a week of fundraising, the, the Smash community raised about $308,000 for different charities to go to. Uh -huh. and all because of like um, one guy was able to come up with a way to play this game online. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, like Nintendo is going out of their way to prevent the expansion of the East mm. side of, of, of Smash for whatever the reason. Well, I guess there's two things. You know, there's the esports side, which you know I, I do think is interesting. But then just you know directly related to the topic of the show too, they just also don't seem to want to be uh, associated with or, or partner with uh, mm. you know, energy drinks in general. Where yeah, maybe it's just a uh, yeah too too adult theme to to want to uh, contaminate their kind of kid friendly image. Interesting. That's actually a good point. A lot of times, like I know for a while, if you bought Monster, there was a picture of Master Chief from Halo on, on the can. And mm -hmm. Monster had some promotion with Microsoft where you were doing that. But the only places I can think of seeing a Nintendo advertisement, like in the supermarket, 
is on Lungibles, which is again, very oriented towards kids. So it's funny you bring that up. I never put that together. Well, also, I mean, personally, in my snacking experience, I feel like I've also had the little Nintendo um, uh, fruit shoes as well. Those are also pretty delicious. The fruit snacks, yeah. Fruit snacks, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, similar, similar type of snacks, similar demographic, which I guess has also worked on us. Yeah, no, they're just a, a family, family friendly company. I don't yeah. know. That's I, uh, it's too bad though. I, I gotta say, I was actually having this conversation recently, uh, uh, with my wife about what, what gaming system we would first get for our children. And I, for some reason I, I was thinking, I was like, Oh, Nintendo seems like it's just more for like little kids or like that's like a, a place you start where i'm like an xbox just seems like there's too many you know mature games out there and it's not ready yet but this is also just me not knowing at all what the ecosystems look like these days i do remember that the super nintendo versions of fighting games were always much worse than the the sega versions back in the day yeah did they even have mortal Kombat on the it was nintendo? it was bloodless there was no yeah. blood no blood allowed. They had, they had to go through and, and censor a lot of, of the graphics for for that. There was also the same issue uh, with the next version, the Nintendo 64. The 64, they had to censor a lot of the fighting games also specifically yeah. for the Nintendo consoles. No, yeah, but, I remember that. It was always like they had to do something weird to it. I no blood like, code. I mean, the GameCube was the most ridiculous thing because it had like these super tiny, like these like super tiny CDs, if I remember, like they were like this big. So that's like interesting because yeah, like I think if you were to ask people, like nobody remember, like the GameCube, I don't want to say it was like a mistake, but it's like a very random system and it, it seemed to come and gone really quickly. And then the Switch kind of saved it. Or well, not Switch, the, I mean, uh, Super Wii. Smash Bros. I feel like was the, was the game though for GameCube. It yeah. might've saved the system entirely. Uh, yeah, both but it was... were correct on both of those points for nintendo the gamecube was not a very like good it, it didn't sell very well but at the same time super smash brothers was the best selling game on that console yeah because it seemed like they were like down and out and then like the wii like saved them like they came up and it was again the wii was like moving in the opposite direction of where games were going it was very focused on like i don't know kids or family or what have you um interesting i have seen a nintendo and i googled it there was a power up super mario thing but it seemed like that was very short-lived you can buy it on ebay but it looks like it's like it was 2006 or something like that um so but yeah i definitely think they're sensitive um there um so oh well had question does yeah. Pokemon fit into the the gaming fighting community or does, is there any like esports on Pokemon or not is really? there like a Pokemon snap like competition out there that's like uh like an art gallery <laughs> a real post- unique uh, style <laughs> of game but i think but about the- it i only bring it up because pokemon is technically a separate company for uh from nintendo i used to live in seattle and they're actually like two distinct companies and there's some kind of like licensing agreement with them but like it you could work for the pokemon company that is totally separate from nintendo so for that Funny enough, I, I could be wrong. Uh, this isn't really my wheelhouse, but I think the Pokemon trading card game has a larger competitive... Oh, they must have a league, yeah. Yeah, they, they have a larger competitive league than than like the Pokemon video games. Yeah. A um, little while ago, um, Pokemon, they came out with this game called Pokin, which was a cross between Pokemon and Tekken, the fighting game. Um, and that, they tried to make that a thing again, Nintendo wasn't doing anything terribly big, but they had they had a few events, they had a few tournaments for that. But 
that was a, a big event for maybe one, maybe two years, but it kind of fizzled out where like people still played, but it's difficult to find tournaments for that. It's not very large in the competitive scene. Interesting. I was actually going to ask about, I mean, uh, I, I finally remember Tekken Tag being very competitive at the arcade uh, back in the day and that being a big thing. Is But Tekken is, is kind of small or not really a thing anymore. So, so within, within the fighting game community, Tekken is one of the larger games. Um, Street Fighter is the, the clear number one. Street Fighter okay. is the king, the king of fighting games. And then underneath that, Tekken and Mortal Kombat are like the next two most popular ones. Um, so with, within the FGC, it has, it has a large chunk. It, 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 it has a large player base. But in the esports at large, compared to other games, it's, it's not very popular. Mm-hmm. Got it. And the FGC for for our listeners who don't know what that is, that... it's the the fighting game community. Yeah, game I was community. assuming okay. it was fighting game council commission. I was thinking fighting game commission. Yeah, commission, the commission. Like, that's some cool. Sort of very like international mafia. body. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Well. Yeah. No. The very. In, I mean. Again. Like I said. Every time we like. You know. Kind of open up this like esports world. I'm just amazed at the uh, like all the complexities and all the things going on and it and whatnot. So I, would you say if you're organizing a tournament, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, cause you mentioned you being involved in organizing a tournament, like is energy drinks, one of the first places you go for like sponsors. Do you think a lot of the times or like what other, I guess, products or areas like tend to sponsor tournaments? I, I would probably put it, maybe like number three on the list I would okay. go to. Uh, number one, if I'm running an event, I'm going to need to get TVs. I'm going to need to get controllers. I need to get consoles. I need to get the games. The first place I would go to, there are specific companies who just, their, their whole practice is just providing setups for video game tournaments. So a lot of times you'll partner up with them because no one just has 30 TVs lying around. So you'll right, have right. to team up with one of them. And then up next would probably be another like video game or electronic specific uh, team. Like you might need someone to, if you need cameras or a microphone to do commentary. A lot of times if you go to Twitch, they have the streams. That's like a separate team that you bring in to do that. So you would want that just to have a good production quality. And then at that point, when you're looking for just monetary sponsors, I would probably go to an energy drink after that. So, um, I was running a uh, fighting game tournament one time at at, at a, com- a a comic book convention in in New York. Um, so I was in charge specifically of the of the video game section, but it took it took place at, at a St. John's University, and they used the whole campus. So there was about four different buildings, and each building, one was comic books, one was anime, one was cosplay. There was a bunch of things going on, and so the guy running the whole event told me he was going to partner with the Red Bull. So Red Bull was going to give us the drinks. They were going to give us, they were actually going to give us the TVs. They, they, they had setups and stuff. He said, they're going to send Red Bull players. I'm like, oh, that's cool. This is going to be a big deal. And then I show up the day before the event to start setting everything up. And I talked to the guy running the convention. He was like, yeah, it turns out Red Bull had to pull out at the last minute. Apparently St. John's has a contract with a different energy drink that they have on campus so per like contract reasons, Red Bull wasn't allowed on the premises. Wow. But the guy running the convention didn't talk to St. John's about that. So he didn't know that ahead of time. And I never found out who St. John's energy drink connection was 
because we probably could have used them at the at yeah the yeah said, but I mean, that was just a miscommunication. Yeah, it's I, probably. I, uh, I, I imagine it's probably like affiliated with Coke or Pepsi because mm-hmm. a lot of times Coke or Pepsi will like buy out the whole campus. And I remember it was actually kind of hard to get Red Bull on campus when I was in school because it was like it could only there was all these restrictions. I think they could have like a cooler in like one location, but all the like places where you had stuff, it had to be sort of like Coke stocked. So that that kind of makes sense to me. I figure the universities. So that, that's it. I gotta say, for some reason, when you were talking about this, I thought it was something like St. John's. I'm just assuming it's like a, a Catholic or a Jesuit university or something. I just thought maybe they just it was against their practices. <laughs> that's where I thought that story was going. Was like they found out Red Bull was going to be here, or like Monster yeah. House. Some people think it's associated with the devil, and was like, no way, you guys aren't bringing those that that brother on brother campus. Matthews or whatever was yeah. really offended when he heard about it. No, it was just something contractual. Just a contract, contractual yeah. issue. Okay. What, what's funny, on the other end of things, um, I was working at an event. Um, I didn't run this one. Uh, I was doing the commentary. I was, like behind, I, was, I was like behind the camera, behind the mic. And that, in, that event was sponsored by Monster. So in between matches, we would go to like ad breaks where like we just thank and give shout outs to all the sponsors. And Monster gave us the printout thing to read. We weren't allowed to say monster sponsored the event monster didn't sponsor it monster provided support i i I can't remember the exact verbiage but i distinctly remember us not being allowed to say monster sponsored it i think it was Mm. monster provided support for the event interesting and i I just thought it was a, a, a peculiar way of phrasing it that that that's what monster wanted to say and because monster gave us all of this monster for free and like free yeah. advertising they, di- they didn't charge us anything for it they yeah. just had like a campus rep that was this was their one request so we, we had to follow that to a t but yeah you know there's some story of like something happened at one point where they sponsored an event and then they got in trouble or something bad happened and they're like all right well from now on we can never claim to sponsor events but yeah that's uh yeah. that's strange well, I know something that's interesting is that um, Red Bull has always like Red Bull got its start in sort of like nightlife, like these, you know, kind of trendy fridges and bars, but they've always had like a double edged sword relationship with like alcohol and nightlife. So they've always like, they won't ever, it's kind of like the, the fridge is there, but they won't acknowledge that it's there. You know what I mean? Like they, I know that was like a big sensitive thing for them. A friend of mine was like a rep um, and they, they couldn't be associated with any sort of like nightlife, but like if the fridge happened to be there in like a cool spot or whatever that was okay um so i actually want to start back to sort of the origin of like our first communique which is you mentioned that the worst energy drink you've ever had is birthday cake bash by bang right Mm -hmm. and so and you you actually asked us for um you know alternatives to that or what we thought the worst one is um so i'm curious is that still the worst one in your mind. I submitted the Samurai Cola, which I found pretty bad. But I'm, is, do you still feel like the birthday cake bash is like the worst one at this point, or have have you have you found anything new? I'm I'm gonna pull up my list because because I, I have a ranking of them off the top of my head. It's probably still birthday cake bash, but what's funny is the first sip of it. It tastes exactly like birthday cake. The first sip of it is really good. But by the time you get to that last sip of the can, it's the most disgusting thing I've ever had. The amount that it drops off is, is, is 
like absolutely stunning. So the first sip is really good. And then everything after like sip four, I'd argue is the worst. So do you think it's a, it's just not a sessionable, so, you know, in the mm -hmm. alcohol industry, there's a term, it's like, is it a sessionable flavor? Or is it that literally there's like stuff at the bottom of the can where maybe it's like it's settled or something and then the last sip is actually bad because physically the composition, maybe the flavor is like weighted, like there's weird stuff going on down there. It's definitely that it's not sessionable um, okay. because we, I, I sampled it out over probably about 40 minutes and like even like in the middle of it, it was getting worse and worse. It's not like when you get to the end, I know sometimes with like teas, there's like actual like tea stuck at the bottom. You yeah. got to shake it up. There's nothing like that. It just, it just got worse the more I drank it. But it also seems like a flavor that is probably not good room temperature. Like some flavors are more tolerable room temperature, but I feel like birthday cake, even though I don't think of cake as being needing to be cold, it feels like something I would want to be cold yeah. flavor. Um, I'm actually curious since, mm -hmm. you know, you are sort of Wait. what, Oh, oh, I was just going to add that actually I did try birthday cake bash after your message just because I was curious. And listen, I'm a very positive guy. You might have heard on our year in review mm -hmm. that we tried to pick our worst one. And I was very delicate with how I said that because I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But I just uh, pulled up the conversation I had with Josh because I sent him a picture of the can. I was like, oh, excited to actually try this. Uh, and my immediate reaction was, it's like there's a party in my mouth and everyone has food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> that and, and i you know i was like coming into it where i was like okay you know mikey tabletop says it's as worst he's ever had but that was a little bit like how bad it could it be and i think i totally agree with you that the very first sip it wasn't like it was you know in your face terrible but really with every single sip it got worse and uh yeah no i i think you know now at least i feel confident in like what's the worst energy drink i ever had like that's that definitely it, 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 no one else has come close to that so um i think everyone should try rockstar marshmallow which i've had before and i feel like could be competitive in the sphere but i'm actually curious so one thing that i might throw on uh mike i might throw on your list is i saw recently that sheets has an exclusive um i think it's g fuel flavor in a can and it's licorice which just seems like it has nowhere to go but bad. Like I, I, I think licorice, I don't know how on earth, but it's exclusive to sheets. It's literally just at sheets. So I'm kind of fascinated. It feels like if I were sheets, I don't even know why I'd be going to be associated with that, but maybe there's something there. Who knows? Yeah, I think some people do like licorice, but I agree. They're setting expectations low. Yeah, but like licorice is polarizing to begin with. Liquid licorice. I mean, it's yeah. like, oh, that's, that's a tough, that's tough. Again. Mike, I, one other thing, which it sounds like we have in common here, although maybe I, I, oh yeah, I don't know. It just sounds like we have in common. I started also logging my energy drinks recently mm -hmm. in part, just because our, our year in review made me realize how I just forget when I try drinks. So now if I try a new one or just in general to, to get a sense for my uh, consumption, I've been keeping track more. And so that way in the future, I can be like, oh, did I try Samurai Cola? Did I try you know, key lime pie, what, what, what did I think when I first tried it? And I kind of am able to, to go back to that. Uh, I have a ranking here of all of the energy drinks I've had pre-lockdown, pre-pandemic. Um, I've had quite a few, like, in quarantine. I just haven't had a chance to write them down and, and, and fit them into yeah. the ranking. But so the drink right above Birthday Cake Bash is my second least favorite. It's 
Ron, it's Runa Zero Lime. I don't know if you ever had that. It's not. It's not for the chem guys. It's um, it's, it's like a natural all, one. It's I've all seen natural. It. Josh, just sit this one out, Josh. Dude, I, a- <laughs> I I got it. Um, it's like Whole Foods, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's um, CVS I got it at Earth Fair when when Earth Fair was going out of business. They were having a sale, so okay. I picked up two or three from there, and hot garbage. Mm. Interesting. Lime is a tough flavor. I I feel like lime on its own without cutting it with something else. It's kind of like pineapple, just just dubious. That's I'm I mean, gonna, that's, Josh, those are my I, statement. I really- I, I'm going to assume most people are going to disagree with you on that just because I think lime's pretty popular. But I mean, we also we also know that your opinion on peach is pretty uh, controversial. But I, also I'll admit I'm specific. polarized on peach. But there was a kickstart lime, fastest one discontinued. Like they tried to do straight lime. Like I think you got to do lemon lime, you do cherry lime, fine. But I think straight lime is, is tough, tough to do in liquid. On the opposite end of that, um, when I don't have venom, my new go-to energy drink flavor it's a monster mule. It's the one like oh, the, the mule cans. Okay. It's really good because it kind of tastes like ginger ale with a splash of lime. So it doesn't really taste like an energy drink. It, it, it's really good. It's just ginger ale with lime. I, I will make a point to try monster. No, mule. Me, me too. I've been scared by monster mule because I'm generally not a huge ginger fan. And I just was worried it's going to be way too gingery, but I mean, I do that the way you describe it sounds a lot better than what I was anticipating. It's much better than I than I expected going into it. I was pleasantly surprised with it. Okay, well that's well, all right. That's also good to know. So I love that you're coming at. I see that's the advantage I have in the list is you can be like, hey, let me kind of go into my 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 history here. Let me check my notes. Yeah, I've I've seen the mule. I you know I should just try it. Um, yeah. And also the other thing I've realized that's nice about starting to keep a list is I kind of now have a Pokemon like mentality with it where, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can catch them all. You can be like, have I, have I checked this flavor off my, uh, my, my list here? It does produce new motivation to, to try them. So interesting. All right. Well, um, I guess Mike, it was awesome having you on. I feel like I, I learned a lot. I think we did some, I mean, we touched on some good energy drink, you know, you're definitely, um, a, you know, very knowledgeable in space and you, you are also very knowledgeable. Like it's good to hear about the, the complex world of esports again, where we're just still learning and there's lots of, uh, commingling there, but, um, super helpful to get like a, yet another perspective on that. Uh, anything you would want to, uh, sort of plug or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, I was going to say, you mentioned it a few times, so please mention your, your podcast here. Yeah. We, you know, I think it's it's us against them. It's not us against each other, yeah. so. Yeah, we're, it's, 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 you know, I'd like to think of it as, uh, what was the term for the fight, uh, fighting game community or whatever? This is the, you know, the energy drink. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is the energy drink community. The EDC, yeah. yeah, so. Um, yeah, so I mentioned a little bit uh, previously, me and, and another buddy of mine, we host the BDE Drink podcast where we like uh, we have three drinks and like we review them live on camera um i will say if anyone's going to listen to it in the office i would recommend headphones it's essentially it's a bunch of truck drivers so we have a little mm. bit of colorful language because we're just because we're all truck drivers just going telling it like it is yeah telling yeah. it like it is but sometimes it gets a it's, it's nothing it's like nothing too vulgar but sometimes there's just a little bit of a naughty word here or there so i wouldn't recommend having that Without no, that, that that's that's good to know. Okay. Uh, so the BD, BDE energy 
BDE Drink Podcast. BDE Drink Podcast. Okay. And then I'm, I'm going to subscribe as well. I, I, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, I think you guys are. Yeah, I want, I want to also uh, uh, enjoy your content as well. So have, um, the first five episodes up, I'd recommend listening to episode one and five. I think those are two best ones. Um, is there but, any is there any like ties between the episodes or important plot points to be aware so, of? So there's a big buildup. Episode five is when we talk about Venom. We, we do Venom, Black Mamba, the Killer Taipan, and the Death I, I Adler. The, yeah, the Death Adler. Those are the three we do. Yeah, we were supposed to do them episode three, but um, the 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 guest who was going to do them, he was in the middle of buying a house, so it got pushed ah, up okay. to four. But in episode four, he was moving, so he couldn't do it. So there's a lot of buildup to it, but there's no real chronological order. I could say even some of the episode titles, I can see why this isn't as family friendly. <laughs> yes. uh, I, I, I did I did put the E for explicit content on there, but yes, I would recommend yeah. with headphones. Yeah. And on a non-podcast um, aspect, uh, can I plug a video game tournament that I'm helping run? Yeah, sure. Of um, course. Our, um, next week, we're hosting an event. Um, it's a week long. It's all Nintendo games. And all of the money raised goes to charity. Uh, we're running a charity event. It's called I Dare You, but dare is spelled D-A-I-R. Um, it, it's short for down air. It's an attack in, in, in one of the games. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so got like it. People, it. people in the in the gaming world might get that. Um, but it, it's a charity event. And we have Mario Kart. We have Super Smash Brothers. We have Splatoon. There's, it's just all Nintendo games. So if that's something you're interested in, uh, you can look up I Dare You uh, online, yeah. I Dare You, and all of the money goes to Rain, uh, which is a charity, and it runs from, I think, Saturday to Saturday next week. Very nice. I think, Josh, I, I know we can figure out how to do this. We'll put it in the, the show notes as well. Link to I was going to say notes. we'll add it to the show notes. I know you're not familiar with how that process works, but yeah. Listen, you, you're, a tech, you're a chem guy and a tech guy. and I, I know. Yes, you, you got it. We will add it to the show notes, but that's very cool. No, uh, good stuff. Um, and yeah, good to have good to have another energy podcast out there. I will say, you know, we, we appreciate it in terms of yeah. the community. It just sounds like you won't be uh, sponsored by Nintendo anytime soon. Nope. Uh, <laughs> you probably won't be sponsored by anyone anytime soon. <laughs> a lot of times if uh, we have a bad energy drink on, on the podcast, we'll tell it like it is. And we probably scare away a lot of sponsors. Um, but if you guys aren't scared, if you guys aren't scared of pushing away sponsors at some point, we'd love to have you two on guests on that podcast. Oh okay. yeah. A crossover. Okay. Figure out how to do remote podcasts for, for that side. We haven't done anyone since pre pandemic. I have a backlog okay. of episodes I need to put up. So once we figured out the zoom thing, we'll have you guys on. I love that. And also now I'm, I mean, especially cause it sounds like you guys like to find both good and bad ones. You just like the extreme. So I'll, I'll kind of keep that in mind too. If I'm like, Hey, you know, if you're looking for for something on the low end Try i will this one any and all recommendations yeah okay yeah no we, we definitely be happy to be on so we'll definitely coordinate that um and yeah zoom is it's pretty easy to uh spit out stuff from so it's pretty good um awesome well mike pleasure pleasure having you on sounds like we'll we'll be in touch or you know well yeah uh, we'll have your people talk to our people and um <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah pleasure having you on yeah, here good luck with everything and yeah hope to talk to you again soon Definitely. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me. It was a blast. I was looking forward to it all week and uh, keep up the good work. I love your podcast. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. All right. All right. Thanks. Bye. Night. Night. <laughs>